Okay. So, like I said, a little bit different morning for us, but honestly, I prefer this. This is so cool. Um, What's going to happen is we're going to have a handful of people come up and just share. They're going to share specifically how they experience God and his intervening gracious love and his faithfulness and his goodness the last year. Um, So before we do that really quickly, why are we doing that? There's a lot of power um, in a testimony and what you've witnessed and what you've seen happen and and the story that God's writing. I don't know if you know this about Jesus, but if you read the New Testament, you read the gospel accounts, Jesus primarily taught how? Through story. Um, There's something about a narrative uh, uh, that it just captures our heart. Um, And we want um, to share as a community the ways that God's story is unfolding in our lives. Why? Because there's power there. And not only is there power there of just like there's something mysterious and miraculous that that God connects heart dots in story, um, but there are these things that we can hold on to of remembering God's faithfulness. So I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I, I'm struggling or I'm, I'm depressed or I'm down or I'm doubting or I'm, I'm just in a funk and a fog. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody else have experiences like that? Okay, cool. I'm not the only one. But there's, there's something about recalling and remembering specific times that God demonstrated his love and kindness that reminds us about the reality of what he's really like. He's faithful. He's kind. He's gracious. He's generous. He's present. He's not absent. Those are truths that we, we need to consistently remind ourselves of because we're tempted to believe the untruth all the time as if somehow God's love for us is dependent on our circumstances. That's just not true. He he declared his love for us at the cross once and for all. Well, how does God feel about you? He loves you. And Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is proof, okay? This idea of story, it's not just cool God intervened in the lives of these people in the specific ways that you're going to hear, but it's actually things that you can hold on to as well to remember and remind you of the goodness and the faithfulness and, frankly, the greatness of God. Okay, so before we do that, really quickly, uh, Andy Morehouse, where are you at, bro? There he is. So, guys, Andy, have you guys seen Andy with a camera and Harrison with a camera, like, recently? They weren't trying to be creepy. They were trying to bless us, okay? Uh, Andy produced a, a short little video for us of just kind of some footage of the life of our church, just to be a blessing. I think, I think it's a touching, wonderful thing. want to honor you, dude. Thank you for doing that. We're going to play that. You can check that out, and then we'll get going with the stories. Sound good? Okay, love you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tiffany and Dakota. morning. Uh, my name is Dakota. If you haven't met me yet, this is my beautiful wife, Tiffany. Um, we've been together for uh, over eight years, married for about three years and ten months. I grew up a uh, Christian with Christian influence because of my mom. 
and my wonderful wife, uh, Tiffany, grew up in a Catholic home. While we were both around church, um, on and off throughout childhood, we didn't have a relationship with Jesus or understand the meaning of church. One year prior to Restored Temecula planting, Dakota came home one day and out of left field shared <clears throat> that he wanted out of our marriage. I was devastated. The next morning, after he left for work, I dropped to my knees at our bedside and cried out to a God who I wasn't certain existed. If you're real, save me. And he did. Only divine intervention would explain the things that began happening day after day. I devoted every minute I could to praying, reading devotionals, listening to sermons, yelling at the enemy to flee, and surrounding myself with God-centered women. Meanwhile, answered prayer after answered prayer. God was transforming me, and while I never impressed my newfound passion upon Dakota, I started to notice a shift in him. This whole time, Tiffany hadn't actually attended a church service, uh, fearful of it pushing me over the edge. Tiffany heard about the restored Temecula plant from her cousin Veronica, who's here today and attends uptown. She asked if we could go to the first Sunday evening gathering to support her cousin. We both willingly went. And I, I wanted to go. I was excited. <laughs> we immediately felt a connection and were in agreement that we would be back to experience more. We connected with Tom and Ebony over a meal at their home shortly thereafter. At the third gathering, Tom so lovingly picked on us to assist him with his visual learning style by calling us to the stage. <clears throat> the sermon series entitled, What is the Church? Church is the Bride of Christ. First, Tom asked us to pretend like we were standing at the altar, stating he's not going to make us do anything crazy, no embarrassing questions, except for this one. What's the deepest, darkest sin of your life? Tell everyone. <laughs> So while Dakota and I are standing in front of the entire church, Tom depicted a hypothetical situation of a marriage conflict. The offender leaving the toilet seat up at 2 a.m. and the offended falling in. The illustration was an unexpected parallel of the resolution that would ultimately happen in our own marriage through the giving and receiving of grace in a covenant relationship. God used Tom to minister to Dakota that night in a profound way. While I wasn't present for the conversation they had when Dakota set Tom aside after gathering, Dakota ended up sharing something with me once we got home that would change the trajectory of our marriage. I was crushed. Lies of inadequacy, guilt, and shame overwhelmed me. But God prepared me for that moment to work through the hurt, give and receive grace, and restore our marriage. Courage was not a feeling. It became a decision moving forward. It's through this community that Tiffany would be saved and our story is being rewritten. We've grown in relationship with a handful of people in this community who have challenged us, have fun with us, love us, encourage us, but more importantly, point us to Jesus. This last couple of years have been humbling and healing. They've been very real, personal expressions of God's relentless pursuit of us, his tangible love, and it's only by his grace that we're boldly standing here before you today. Jesus has changed our hearts, and we are extremely grateful for our new understanding of the meaning of church.
All of you. Love to have Brandon come up here for a story. Hi, I'm Brandon. Just to get right into it, so I don't ramble. I knew about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. I knew a good amount about the Bible, but knowing what I know now, I didn't actually know God for reals, though. Um, I went to the first Restored Temecula intro and info lunch, met at Tom's house on Sunday nights when he moved to Temecula shortly thereafter, but I didn't go to our Sunday night Crosspoint gatherings very much. Um, I was always worried that Tom was going to condemn me for not going, but he never did because he loved me regardless, and love does not condemn. Um, Though I didn't know it at the time, that was my first understanding of God's love. Uh, The greatest thing that's happened to me in the last year um, here with Restored, with all of you, um, is that I I now know what love is. Uh, So much has stemmed from knowing what love is. And I had a lot of misconceptions about love, so that made God's love that much harder to understand. A big turning point for me was talking with Tom one night and him telling me that God's love is shown to me by the people around me. In my mind, I would never understand what God's love unless God literally spoke to me from the sky. And since I didn't think that was going to happen, I thought I would never know what love is. Um, But something about talking with Tom that night like, out in the street by ourselves, like, just clicked. Um, And then perhaps the biggest turning point uh, was one night at uh, Gospel Community. Jay prayed for Lisa and called her his sister. And I had no doubt of Jay's sincerity in calling Lisa his sister, but that was beyond foreign to me. I had no idea what that could, like, really mean. Um, And, like, I could never be a part of that. Uh, But thinking back now, like, that made me love Jesus, and possibly even for the first time. Equally important to learning what love is, is what love is not. And love is not being a servant to get what you want, giving things to get what you want, providing for your children to justify your control over them. It is not emotionally manipulating your wife to make her feel sorry for you just so you can get attention or manipulating her into getting things that you want. It is not creating unfair expectations and getting angry when those expectations are not fulfilled. A big hurdle, too, was, uh, like I think I already touched on, was really uh, how can can I love God if I'm commanded to love God? Is love genuine if it's a command? Um, But I'll share more about that at my baptism. Um, (laughs) which I'm told I'm allowed to freestyle. Uh, So learning what love is is because of community and this community, obviously, more specifically. The true meaning of love rooted in me deeper and deeper each day through community, whether it's at gatherings, at gospel communities, or even just gospel community phone threads and being part of everyone's life on a daily basis. Uh, Most recently, hearing testimonies and telling my testimony 
um, testimonies of Jesus's love and faithfulness has made me see and love Jesus, like really love Jesus, um, something that I thought would never happen. Understanding what love is is radically translated into my home. It has given me more mature relationships with Jill and Ian, and most profoundly, it has restored my relationship with Caroline, given me courage to speak gospel truths, especially to them, and it's shown me how to love Jill, Ian, and Caroline intentionally and specifically, as well as individually and collectively. With Ian and Caroline, understanding what love really is makes me keep my mouth shut when opening my mouth would make situations worse, makes me apologize to them even when I still think or know that they're wrong. Um, It makes me apologize without following up with with why my anger was justified. It has made us happier and has drastically lowered the temperature of our home. With Jill, my love is so much stronger after experiencing Jesus' love, and it generally affects every aspect of our life in positive ways. I know I've always loved her, but now I have zero doubts about how much she loves me. So understanding what love is has made me slower to get angry, but yes, I of course still get angry. I do not always instantly turn to God, but eventually when I do, he restores the situation Even when I think it might be too late, I still yell, I still get frustrated, I still lose my patience, I still act unloving, I still manipulate, I still seek control, though these things happen much less often and are much less intense, but I still do them, and that makes me need Jesus. And just because I'm better doesn't mean I'm in the clear. Every day, I'm reminded that I need Jesus, and my prayer is that every day, Jill, Ian, and Caroline know that I love them. Know that Jesus loves them and that they see, and I pray that they see Jesus' love for them through me. Um, a couple quotes to, or quotes, uh, verses to end with that really helped me along this way are John 14, 21. It says, Jesus is talking to his disciples and promising the Holy Spirit. And he says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. And I like that the verse does not say, my father will love those who keep my commandments. And the verse tells me that loving God and Jesus is a response and not a duty. So that really helped me like, understand uh, or that I could love God even though I'm commanded to love God because he loves me first. Um, and James Chapter 1, verse 20, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Um, This year has been the most radical year of my life, and I love you all, and I thank you all. And without further ado, Doreen and Rosie, please. morning. My name is Dorian, and this is my wife, Rosie. Uh, I'm going to jump right into it, okay? <laughs> you know, this past year, God met us in ways that we couldn't have imagined. God started to rebuild my understanding of what leadership is and what it looks like, teaching me humility and grace. I had an obscure view from being in leadership in the past. There were moments in the past that everything was a performance, 
I was becoming someone that I thought I had to be. And it became easy for me to pretend and hide who I really am. It was you, the restored family led by Tom and Herrick and Jason and Chad, Colt and Tracy and so many more people. Um, I can go on and on. But it's people that wanted to get to know me. And when I needed to get pointed back to Jesus, they were there loving me to his grace. I started to find out what it truly meant to be fully known and fully loved. I love the opportunity to share my heart in the kids' moments and also having the opportunity to lead and facilitate our gospel communities without feeling like I have to be perfect or rehearsed. It truly has been like a liberating just time for me. When we came to Restored, I asked God to help me be me and have people love me for who I am, to restore my trust in people, and to reveal his love and his grace towards me. And Jesus outdid himself. He went above and beyond. I am beyond thankful to be with a family that wants to be more like Jesus in every aspect of life. And it's not perfect, but we're stepping towards the cross daily. And I just want to have Rosie share as well. So in preparing for today, uh, there's a verse that came to my mind, which was Jeremiah 31, 3 through 4. And um, it says, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've continued to extend faithful love to you. Again, I will build you so that you will be rebuilt, virgin Israel. You will take up your tambourines again and go out in joyful dancing. And these verses speak volumes to what God has done in my heart since coming to Restored. Um, I was broken in so many ways. My heart carried a lot of hurt from the people that we thought loved us the most and fears with my health and not knowing what the future held. Each day was just a different level of anxiety and bitterness, clinging to the hope that God would move in our lives. And then he led us here. Um, I remember the video on the Restored website where Tom said that they wanted to make much of Jesus. And hearing those words just really stirred something in my heart, like God was telling us to trust him. And the name of this church, Restored, became a literal testimony for our lives. Through you guys, our family, we receive spiritual rest and healing. It's been amazing to share our lives with all of you, to be fully known and fully loved. I'm learning how to believe in the gospel and apply it to every area of my life. Through all of you, the community around us. It's been amazing to see what God does each week in our gospel community, knowing that there's people who I can share my whole heart with, the good and the bad, and receive God's grace through their words, prayers, and encouragement. For the first time in so long, I'm taking the time to truly listen to God. He's even used some of you guys to encourage me to recognize and support growing the gifts that God's given me. Those verses in Jeremiah are more than just words to me. I've seen and felt the everlasting and faithful love of God for me and my family. He's rebuilt our spirits, our friendships, our family, and our purpose in his kingdom. It's such an answer to a prayer of mine to see Eva Rose excited to see friends and give the biggest hugs every week. For me, I'm just 
able to celebrate God's love again because his grace continues to pour into my life through all of you. Chains of hurt and fear have broken in my heart and in my family. Yeah, we just want to um, really thank you guys from the bottom of our heart for showing us who Jesus really is. And we are just profoundly amazed by what you guys have done through the Restored Family. And we want to welcome up the Carpenters. Thanks, Dorian. Good morning. All right. My name is Kevin Carpenter. This is my lovely wife, Tracy. Uh, I went old school paper, so here we go. All right. Yeah. The immediate thing that pops into my mind when I think about all of you and how you've affected me is the idea of family. I say idea because for the entirety of my Christian faith, um, having a church family was more of a nice idea instead of an actual real relationship. I heard terms like brothers and sisters in Christ and never really felt that connection. Um, Over this past year, my view of the church and the people in it, all of you, um, has radically and beautifully changed. Um, in such a short amount of time, I've become known by others and have in turn been able to walk alongside others as real family. Uh, one specific example of God's faithfulness to me is this shaking. Uh, <laughs> over this past year was when we, Tracy and I met with Tom to discuss, hey Tom, um, membership with Restored. Uh, during our conversation, Tom spoke into me and encouraged me in a way that I have never experienced before. He said things that I needed to hear. And to come from my pastor and another man, it modeled vulnerability and started a shift in me. I remember leaving that meeting and telling Tracy that God is so good. Um, That experience has only multiplied over this past year as I've seen people's lives radically changed, people with past hurts being healed of them, people growing together with such an emphasis on gospel-centered living, and the actual joy of spending time with people that love Jesus. Lastly... Uh, The thing I'm most excited about God doing over this past year is bringing Christian men together in ways I've never seen. I can only speak for myself, but creating new friendships is not in my wheelhouse. As an Enneagram 9, I'm just kidding, I'm not going to do that. There we go. Forced to do that. I had to take the test three times. Question 198 of 200, it like lost it and I had to start all over again. So, and, But seriously, it's been tough for me to create um, real relationships with other Christian men. Raise your hands if anybody else has that struggle. All right. Didn't have to add to my insecurity. We have a lot of you, a lot of you out there. Okay. Um, however, it's, um, here it seems to be a different story. Um, whether it's a poker night, a fantasy baseball league, or just praying for each other via the WhatsApp thread, um, I'm starting to see new friendships being made. Um, All this to say that I have been and still continue to be overwhelmed by God's gift to me of becoming a member of this family. I love you guys. Can't even read what I wrote. Okay. Hold on. Um, I'm Tracy. Hello. Um... Whenever I look back over this past year, I'm overwhelmed with how God is in full pursuit of his people and how much he goes before us. When we moved to Temecula, we knew two families. We needed more space, and Temecula was close enough to both of our families, so we made the move. Um, 
but we had no idea the gifts God had in store for us. We've seen him show up specifically in the home that he gave us and have been able to use our home just as a gathering place for many, which for a really long time has been a dream of mine. Um, When we moved, we knew what would be lacking the most would be our church community. Kevin and I have a pretty good understanding that God isn't just found within the walls of a church, but rather with his people. We knew a few people out here and knew that a church did not need to be perfect to hear or experience God, and we'd fully accepted that. However, for our daughter, who's eight, it was the most excruciating. You see, we moved in February, in the middle of her first grade year, to a place where she had no friends. And we left a tight-knit community. Um, Seriously, I cannot see what I wrote. Um, We left a tight-knit church um, family um, a place where I was on staff when she was born, and so she, everyone just kind of, everyone knew her, and it was really easy for her. Um, so now, fast forward in February, we're checking out new churches every single week, and trusting God that it's the right thing to send her in, because she needs to know what community God is going to have for her, but as a mom, to send this sweet little thing in to like, just, it felt like sending her to the lion's den, and just trusting that She had Jesus, and just that he was going to take care of her, but um, it was was really hard. Um, So I'll always remember that first Sunday and the conversation that I had with God when we were sitting in here, and it was just me in utter amazement that he was offering this church family as a gift as well. He just kept saying, yes, you are loved, and I'm going to give this to you too, something that we had really just been like, I trust you, Lord, and if... If we're not going to have this kind of church family, we're okay with that. Like, we, we need you. Um, so it was just above and beyond sitting there going, I can't. This, is this really happening? Um, as we left and picked up the kids, our daughter immediately said she wanted this to be our church. You guys, God saw his sweet little daughter and knew what she needed. And it was a church family. And he knew that she couldn't take one more week of walking into a new room full of people. And he handpicked this, and you guys, even above and beyond, because it wasn't just like, okay, we found a great established church family. But on top of it, it was new people for her. Every like She now was like somebody greeting new people. And she could share like how that felt for her. And so it was just like, oh God, your gifts are just so good. So that's just one little bit. I could literally talk. Um, forever. Um, so if you want to grab coffee, (laughs) I'll probably cry, but that's okay. So anyway, that's our story. And next we have the dynamic singing duo, (laughs) the bombs. Good morning. My name is Kylo. This is my beautiful wife, Andrea. Um, uh, so on May 5th of last year, one year ago today, uh, Andrea mentioned an invite to a new church plant that she had saw a friend posted on Instagram. And uh, we decided to give it a shot. So uh, the next morning as we were getting ready, I got a phone call from another friend saying, hey, dude, I've been meaning to tell you for the last couple of weeks, but I never have. I got a buddy who's starting a church in Temecula, and we're going to go. It's at Margarita Middle School. I was like, okay, two for two. (laughs) 
Got it. So uh, God knew what we needed before we did. And, uh, and so he knew that you guys would win me over within the first five minutes of being here. Um, from the spirit-led worship that was just completely submitted to doing whatever the spirit wanted to do in the moment, to the unapologetic, unashamed gospel being preached, I knew this was my home. Others of us were not so convinced right away, but I would win. Um, So it was months before either of us could make it through a full service without all the tears. I mean, ugly tears, lots of times. Um, And it was because God began purging out all the garbage I'd been holding on to. The walls I had built up were being torn down. A simple truth that Tom preached last year in the gospel message was that God loves me. I'd known that for 30 years, but bridging the gap from my mind to my heart was always a question mark, I think. And to understand that and allow that to seep into the deepest, darkest, grossest part of my heart and know that he's still crazy about that, it changed my life. And... um, it's not what you did, but Jesus through you. So I love you, but it's him. Um, <laughs> um, but through Sunday mornings and GCs on Tuesday nights, you guys have shown me how much Jesus loves us. And I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I didn't expect to have such a great family, and we do. We love you guys. Yes. I agree with that. Uh, my name is Andrea. So the first day I walked into this room, um, I was overcome with every emotion that you could think of. I wept through worship, through the service, and even wept as we drove away. Kylo looked at me with eyes that said, this is home. <laughs> and I returned the look with Nothel. <laughs> um, this hurts way too much, and we're not going back. <laughs> um, so, 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7, in the CSB, <laughs> says, <laughs> um, You rejoice in this, even though for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire. You have to wait till the end to get the rest. So, grief... A grief that seemed to infiltrate so many parts of my heart was the obvious work that I needed God to attend to, but he went for something far more important. Kylo said, I signed us up for a GC. Why? Why did you do that? He said, it'll be good for us. So many words, I said under my breath. Um. So that first GC was really, really hard. I held back tears the whole time. Um, The grief I knew all too well seethed at the surface, vying for my attention. The words vulnerable and transparency kept getting thrown around. Um, And I just kept telling them, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. But we kept going and we kept hearing statements like these. Sin has turned us in on ourselves and have warped our relationship with others. 
Let me rest in your salvation instead of trying to save myself, which I was really good at. The lack of love always indicates unbelief or the lack of faith. So our love problem is really a faith problem. Anyway, we read that again a couple weeks ago, and it still got me. All the ugly tears. All the ugly. Um, For me, not. So then it hit me. This is not a grief problem. Like, I don't need to be healed because I'm broken by past relationships. This is a major problem of unbelief in almost every area of my heart. So what has your role been um, in this past year? You collectively were God's fire. First Peter 1, 6 through 9 again. Your faith, refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Um, I love him more deeply because he first loved me through you. Though not seeing him, I believe in him in ways I never knew I could because of you. And I rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because I am receiving the goal of my faith, the salvation of my soul, and I get to rejoice alongside with you. And I am so beyond appreciative and grateful and all the gushiness. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) And Jen and Eric, you're up next. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> Let me pull it up here. Uh, so my name is Eric Youngquist. This is my wife, Jen. And uh, we've been going here for almost a year full as well. Um, here's my story. It's going to be a train wreck. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so... Uh, My journey in Christianity has been up and down, but I've really seemed to find a home here at Restored. Um, I've always been a believer in Christ, and I've had many instances that let me know that God is real and in control. But I did not grow up in a church-going family, and church has always been a bit of a scary place for me. Uh, I don't know why I'm having a hard time here. Um... Most of the churches I've attended made me feel like an inferior Christian and not up to par with the normal church-going crowd. I never felt like I could ask questions because I didn't want to be judged for not knowing what I was supposed to know. I know that may sound ridiculous for some, but being around people who knew the word when I didn't was intimidating. I was the guy who sat in the back, didn't talk to anyone, and didn't really know how to read and understand the gospel. But one year ago, that changed, and that's when I found Restored. Um, I cannot tell you how brutal this past year has been for me personally. (sighs) 
I'll ask my mom, who is the guard? Guardian angel of my life. And protected me from everything, including myself. Um, and I've had a lot of other struggles personally this past year. I have questioned God and his plan. And for the first time, I found a church that let me talk about these feelings without being judged. I have found a church to let me know that it is okay to not be okay. I found a family that has supported and helped me through these rough times more than they possibly know. That family is the restored family. Through prayer, the leadership of Tom and Herrick, and everyone else who has heard my story, I have been given such an opportunity to grow in the gospel. The culture of this church is something special. I have never felt like an outsider. I have never felt less than any others. I have not been fed a bunch of BS, and that is what I love about this church. The people are real, with problems and sins of their own, and they don't try to hide it. We all have our flaws, but we can all help each other talk our way through them and learn from each other, and I have never felt like a part of a family as I do with the Restored family. When I first started attending Restored, I was content on blending in with the back of the room, going to church, and learning from our pastors. But soon my wife suggested that we begin to be part of a gospel community, and I have to admit I was not too stoked on that idea. (laughs) I thought that I would be seen for my faults and that I was not good enough to be with the God-loving people. I was intimidated, but all those feelings of self-doubt disappeared rather quickly, and I have made friends with some wonderful people and cannot imagine life without these people by my side. For the first time in my life, I have realized that God actually loves me. And he has been working to make me the person that he intended to be me to be in the first place. There is a lot of work left to do. <laughs> but I'm on my way. And I feel I have the tools to do the job. And I have the restored family, the culture of this restored community to thank for that. I'm excited and nervous to see what God has in store for me. I may not understand his plan. And there may be things that I question. But I'm learning that his plan for me will be fulfilling. And for that I am so thankful. God led me to this church, these people, and if you'd have asked me one year ago if I would be in the position I am right now, surrounded by the people that I am, I would have told you that you were crazy. But I am so grateful for the path God is leading me on, and thanks to the crew of Restored for helping me to get where I need to be. I'm Jen, and um, I wanted to give Eric this opportunity to share his story, but I also didn't want to pass up the chance to tell you all how much we love you and how grateful we are to have you in our lives. You guys have been there for us through a really difficult year, and we are so grateful. A year ago, we started coming to this church with my already big immediate family, and now adding all of you to that family has been such a blessing. We are so happy that our three kids are growing up in this church family. It's so amazing to watch them be so loved on. Thank you all so much. We love you. And next, I'd like to introduce two of the most caring people ever, Kevin and Lisa Lachlan. Holy smokes. Um, All right, I'm Kevin Lachlan. This is my beautiful wife, Lisa. Uh, 
You already heard from one handsome Kevin earlier, so Kevin Lachlan. Okay. Lisa Lachlan. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to read. Let's dive in. Okay. For years, I believed I had to earn grace through performance, and if my performance wasn't good enough, then I didn't deserve much grace. This showed up through feeling pressure, high expectations, a nagging sense of failure, an inability to really celebrate, and it was all on my shoulders. Uh, I grew up playing baseball, so it was natural for me to come up with a baseball analogy, with Herrick's help, of course. So, for example, if I hit a home run, instead of celebrating with joy, uh, I'd be thinking things like, okay, don't trip as I round first base. Uh, Over the past year, I've discovered through this community that Jesus hit the home run. He performed flawlessly in my place. And just like the whole baseball team celebrates a home run, we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. Uh, We show up together as a community and love, support, and encourage each other. I used to be the batter who prepared independently and had expectations to perform flawlessly, which often led to frustration and disappointment. I wanted to be the teammate who celebrates with joy. As good as all that is, if I'm honest, I still struggle and am drawn to perform when I feel pressure in life, especially with finances. I need you to point me to Jesus and remind me that God is my helper and I have nothing to fear. I feel like I can ask for help because I don't need to pretend to have it all together. I'm no longer independent, but dependent on God and interdependent on this community. Gospel community, uh, my smaller DNA group on Friday mornings, my family, and all of you here on, on Sundays make me want to celebrate Jesus, so thank you. Since I don't need to perform anymore, I now feel freer to try things without fear of failing. One thing that Lisa and I are both learning about is prayer. I'm discovering that God speaks to us and shares things with us to pray for and to encourage one another. Uh, We've even had an experience where God shared specific information about a situation that we knew nothing about, and we felt led to pray. We've seen God work miraculously through prayer, and we're learning that God has given us gifts to use these for the benefit of others. This one experience is all the encouragement I need to dive deep and explore the gifts of prophecy with you. I believe we all have gifts, whether they're known or not. If you're unsure of your gifting, I encourage you to pray and ask for one and then listen. Uh, Maybe God will surprise you and uh, will slap you across the face when you least expect it, just like he did to me. Thank you, guys. Hi, I'm Lisa. If I could pull you close and whisper one thing on your heart, it would be that hope is always available. The valleys I've walked through, that we've walked through, have illustrated for me God's hope in tangible ways. The word belong has been pressed on my heart this year. The invitation from the start of our time with you has been one that echoes come belong here. Like a moth to a flame, I felt called to belong, both as a daughter to our creator and as a sister to each of you. Here with you, there's an invitation to be part of the family of God, to be part of your family. And in one short year, it has become home. 
a home we've longed for. For those of you who are part of this community, thank you. Thank you for making this a place where my family, my husband and I, and our three wildly energetic daughters have a place of belonging. This has impacted my life because since birth, I've been a girl who wears her heart on her sleeve. Zero poker face here. While growing up, emotions were not treasured. Often the opposite was true. By nature, I have a wide emotional range. I feel wild joy. I feel dense sadness. I move deeply with people. Showing up vulnerable takes bravery. In the past, it's made me feel broken to feel so much. During my time here with you, I've received an unexpected gift. That you see me the way God sees me. As family. I show up messy, and you welcome me, just as, welcome, just as God welcomes us. And actually celebrate the way my messiness softens those around me. This freedom and your guidance has led me to uncovering a gift of prayer. On Sundays after we gather and after our weekly gospel community dinners, the prayer requests shared stay on my heart for hours, sometimes days after we've left. It's led me to a lot less sleep. And it's led me to see the power in using my emotions to pray to our Father, to pray for you my brothers and sisters, to use my shaky voice to lift you up. Through this, many of you have shared intimate prayer, the intimate prayer needs of your lives. It's been an honor, and though I don't understand the mystery of it all, this side of heaven, I've seen the miraculous happen. I spent last year in immense physical pain, and earlier this year, I experienced complete healing overnight. I've seen light roll over darkness. I've seen life win when death was almost certain. I've seen that my words all in his hands and through my obedience to lay down each tear at his feet to be still to wait expectant and to praise him for the joy that followed. To say I'm excited about all that is ahead is an understatement. I'm certain he's fulfilling his promises daily to restore all things. He's restoring this broken girl daily. And he includes each of you in his promises. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So much. Yeah, can I just say this? This is tough. Thank you, everyone that shared this morning. And if uh, while we're having tacos later, if you see anybody outside that shared this morning, be sure to go up and give them a big hug. <laughs> so, yeah. Without further ado, uh, Jay and Erica Wilson. Dusty in here. 
Uh, I'm Jay Wilson, or Jason, if you've known me for a long time. This is my wife, Erica. Um, everybody knows uh, I'm a leader in the church and gospel communities, um, so I'm going to do what leaders do and challenge my wife to go first. Can you believe that? No. Um, I'm a work in progress. I come from a background that's really heavy and really, really broken. Um, That's made it extremely hard for me to trust anybody, especially God. Um, As a result, I made a lot of choices that brought guilt and shame, and it's been a very heavy load for me to carry over the years. Over the last year, I'm so thankful to God for sending me you guys. Um, Over the last year, he's literally taken the load off my shoulders. I've learned to lean into him and trust in him that he has me, that my past sins and the sins against me, they don't own me and they don't define me. Because God chose me. And he chased after me, and he saved me, and by his blood I was washed clean. I would not be here today growing in my relationship with him if it wasn't for Jason, that he literally sent him to me. I definitely was not looking for him. definitely chose him for me. He holds me accountable. He, see, he speaks truth to me when I'm believing all the lies. Um, I'm thankful for you guys because he sent you guys to me and you guys challenge me in so many ways you guys don't even know to even speak to people that I haven't known for more than five seconds is really hard for me. Um, So years ago, almost a decade, hey Scott, can you turn the gain down just a little, Um, almost a decade ago, I was part of a church and I was called by God to pastor, but the church I was part of hurt me in deep ways. I eventually planted my own church that failed and I became bitter, abandoned my calling, and eventually walked away from Jesus and the church. In the last year, I've seen the Holy Spirit move in powerful ways through a man that rejected his Lord, who spit in his face, crucified him, and then walked away. If he can use me, he can use anyone. The Father has shown me his faithfulness by restoring me to ministry, allowing me to serve his people through leadership and gospel community. He's been faithful to provide our family with a community that looks more and more like him. I've seen guilt and shame melt away. 
in my gospel community as the gospel has become real to the community and sharing their stories. I've been privileged to see Jesus moving through the lives of his people and using me and others to take care of them. Jesus has helped transform my view of my weaknesses that has manifested into a greater dependence in him. The truth of the gospel has begun to break down the walls that I've built on indifference and began to transform them into empathy and compassion once again. Hence why I'm crying. I've seen Jesus mold my wife's heart and we've grown closer to each other as well as provided has provided her relationships in the church. I've seen her go from fear to trust, from guilt and shame to known beloved righteous daughter of the most high God in a community that speaks against the lies of the enemy. I've seen my three-year-old son intentionally pray for hurting people. He's got a mercy gift like his dad. I'm so grateful that my 13-year-old daughter, who wasn't raised in church, is volunteering in the kids' ministry, is asking questions about God and community. She did ask if communion was considered cannibalism, but it's a start. (laughs) God called me to lead my family in reorienting our lives around the church and move closer to community, even though we we knew it was going to be more expensive. Um, We weren't going to be able to do as many things as we did in the past, but it was something that he called me to. He faithfully provided a house for us. He provided us a place to stay in the meantime. And he brought people from our community uh, to help us renovate it. Our home is now a meeting place for our gospel community, even without baseboards. I could still use help. And I'm so glad that God is showing us that all of our lives and possessions are redeemed for his purpose. Um, I just want to thank you. Thank you all for sharing your stories. It is, has been such a remarkable year. It's gone by so fast. Um, but the ways in which I've just seen the gospel just start to impact this community and God's kingdom advance in this community through the stories of his people. Um, I see him uh, and all of you in various ways. Uh, I see his mercy throwing, flowing through Lisa and Cassie. I get to see his um, servant's heart through Brandon, Dakota. Uh, I get to see his, his amazing ability to teach through, through Chad, through Mark. Um, and you guys have, have been a huge blessing for our lives. Um, And like Brandon said, Lisa is my sister, and you are my brother. Um, And you are all my brothers and sisters uh, and aunts and uncles to my children. And it's a a privilege uh, to be here with you. Love you guys. That was a holy kiss for those of you that were wondering. Read the Bible, yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of Bible, I'm going to open this. Uh, I'm going to call the band up. You guys can come on up. Give me just one second. Okay. 
We have... Mark, we have like seven or eight minutes, okay? And I'll be quick. Will you guys stand if you're able? I'm going to read you one passage, um, and then I'm going to give us an opportunity to respond to God's goodness by praising him, by giving him the praise that is due to him. Okay, I'm going to read you this. This is out of First Peter chapter 2. This is verses 8 and 9. Listen in, okay? But you, the you there is the Christian, but it's not, um, it's not the isolated Christian. It's, it's the Christian collective. Yeah, you would be like y'all, okay? The church, you. Frankly, restored church. You, restored church, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that, here's the reason why, so that you may, pro- you may proclaim the praises, there's that word, of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We heard stories this morning about God in in very specific ways, calling people out of the darkness of sin and brokenness in life and walking in light, being known by God and by other people. Verse 10, "Once, once you were not a people, so there was a time when you weren't a collective people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What binds us together, if you didn't catch it already, is that we're people who need the mercy of God. And in his abundant love, he pours himself out and he gives himself to us. That's what brings us together. That's what, frankly, the Bible would say that the family of God is oftentimes deeper than even biology. And what binds us together is the grace and the mercy and the love of God that we so desperately need. Okay? Um, Next week, we're going to start a series all about praise because he brought us together for a purpose. And one of those purposes is to praise who he is and what he's done collectively together. We'll get more into that in the weeks to come, but I want us to close our gathering offering him, it's what he's doing. He's using all of us as instruments in his, in his band, in his hand. <clears throat> but I want us to close this gathering collectively, one body, one people, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession to raise up praises to him in response to what he's done. Okay? So maybe like five minutes and then... Uh, We'll have a special close, okay? Love you guys.